0: Hey guys it's Evan. and i'm here with another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds rate comment, all greatly appreciated so yes i am excited because we are discussing season two of his dark materials <sighs> i'm trying to remember what i even how i felt about his Dark Material season one. I don't think that I was ex- as excited to discuss that one as I am to discuss this one because we're going to get into it in a minute. But I cannot start this conversation without, of course, giving my warnings <laughs> at the beginning of this. So there will be spoilers. If you have not watched this, if you don't want to be spoiled, I would suggest <laughs> that you end the episode here. Um This is not going to be like a super sophisticated linear discussion we are going to jump all over the place these are all my personal (laughs) opinions so if you don't agree with them that is a-okay we can agree to disagree and we can have productive conversation about it but yeah i think those are great warnings for this this is based on books usually if i've read the books there would be book spoilers but i have not read the books for these and honestly I haven't looked up anything about the book since the first season. <laughs> so I don't even think there would be anything that I would spoil about the book. So still got to give that FYI disclaimer. So let's get into this. His Dark Materials. I was so excited because you guys know the first season of His Dark Materials, I was like, we had these two separate stories going on where we had Lyra's story and we were seeing a little bit of Will's story. So Lyra played by Daphne Keene and then will play by Amir Wilson. And again, I've seen them in other things. They they would technically be on like my young actors watch list, this imaginary list that I have of like young actors where I'm like, oh, it'll be great to see where they go when they like are adults or like how their um, career progresses. So I enjoyed their performances in season one, But I was very much so just waiting. I just felt like the whole season and the seasons are short. I think the first season was like seven or eight episodes. I can't remember off the top of my head, but the seasons are short. And I was like, I just felt like I was waiting, waiting, waiting for them to finally meet up and (laughs) connect because we know like this has a whole thing has to do with like a prophecy that involves a girl and a boy and as the viewers were like the boy and the girl, <laughs> they're Lyra and Will. And so you're just waiting for them to meet up. And then they finally, um, they don't meet at the end, but Will crosses into the, another dimension, I guess is what we're going to call them, call it, <laughs> I'm always like, is that right? Because I watch so much like superhero space stuff that's just like, we're just gonna say another dimension or another world. And then we kind of end there. So we're like set up to be like, okay, second season, they're going to like meet and they're going to be together, which they don't disappoint. We um, um It takes a little bit, but they finally do meet each other. And there's a little bit of a Can we trust each other initially? Because they've both gone through their own separate journeys that we saw through season one. And I'm going to try to be succinct, guys. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell too much on season one and try to focus mostly on season two. Um, But they went through their own journeys in season one, and they finally, like, by the time that they meet, you can see where there can be like this: Do I really trust them? And kind of like relationship building. So I don't know. I enjoy like seeing how. The kids, and I don't know, I do like team team type shows. So I do like seeing like how those teams form and how they form those bonds and connect. And then essentially gets to the point where they're like fighting together. The one thing I will say about this, and I guess we can get to it now. So this was seven, seven episodes and they're released weekly. And so this is on HBO. And if you have HBO Max and you can watch it um, on HBO max, like after it premieres, I do have HBO, which essentially means that I have HBO max. So I could watch it on TV when it premieres. I think, I think it's on Mondays. Honestly, I don't know. Cause I get the little notification on my phone that it's available <laughs> to watch on, um, through like the Apple TV app. And so I'm assuming it comes on Mondays, but don't quote me. Cause I never watch it live. I just watch it through HBO max. I don't know. Usually when on HBO Max, like it becomes available essentially at the same time that it goes live. So that's why I'm assuming that it's a Monday. But anyway, it's seven episodes. It's weekly. And the thing with this story, with this type of a show and how it's set up and why I'm glad that it's only (laughs) seven episodes is that as you start to get through it, there's just so much like world. I think season one was a lot of like world building But even though that was season one was a lot of world building, there is still an amount of like, I don't even want to necessarily say world building, but I guess it would be considered world building because it's more so setting up this lead up to this big war. And so we've known about this war since season one. And we know that Will and Daphne are a part of this prophecy that has to do with this big war. And so going into season two, I'm assuming, not having any other knowledge about this story outside of the show, never reading the novels. When I did research the novels, I believe there are three books. And or is there two books? I can't remember. I don't I know it's not more than three, but I do remember it was like the first book was around um Lyra, and then the second book was around. Will, but then how they did the TV show, they pulled Will's story into season one. So it kind of like, we're a little bit ahead of the game, if you will, as far as like pacing. So I'm assuming like season two, they're going to meet, they're going to like figure out what what their roles are in this prophecy. And then we're going to get to this war. Not knowing that (laughs) this whole second season was essentially just more... I don't want to say world building, but like relationship building more so between Lyra and Will, but also kind of like setting up the pieces in place to lead up to this war. So that's why I'm like seven episodes just for more setup for this big inevitable thing tends to feel like you're dragging along a little bit. And as I was watching this, by the time we got to episode five, and again... I watch things or I watch a lot of things. My favorite way to watch TV shows is in binge format, but this is not done in that format is released weekly. So in that case, I don't usually have notes on every single episode. I'll have like some high level notes of things that I just want to remember. But, um, by the time we got to episode five and I only remember it's episode five because at the end of it, it was like two more episodes. Um, before or like one more episode before the finale or something like that i was like oh my gosh we're here already and i was like but wait a minute are we i feel like we're not even ready for the war yet (laughs) i don't feel like enough has happened to set these kids up for success that's honestly how i felt at that time i was like and it didn't i don't even know why at that point it didn't dawn on me that we may not see anything of the war in this season but i forgot that this week was the finale for again we have been in this whole like shut down type of a season with 2020 and, um, the pandemic. And so like time has just been all meshed together. And I knew like the week prior that the next week was a finale. But when I went to watch the finale, for some reason, I didn't realize it was the finale. And so by the time we're, we have like five minutes left. Cause at that point I don't look at the time, like track the time as I'm watching the show I'll usually look at the clock and be like, oh, it's 8.30 and I'm starting to show and it says the show is about 45 minutes. So if I look back at the clock and it's like 8.40, that means we have like five minutes left. And so this that was that situation. And I looked at the clock and I was like, we're not getting the war this season at all, like at all. So I was like, oh my gosh, that means the next season is going to be all about the actual war. So we essentially spent two seasons setting up this war, which, I mean, it kind of reminds me of um, Game of Thrones in a way, but thankfully, in this case, we don't have as much, like, lead up as we did with um, Game of Thrones, because if you watch Game of Thrones, then you know how that all worked out, and it was disappointing for a lot of people, but um, in this, I don't know, it just still felt like it kind of, while it was short- as far as like episode amount and show length, it still felt long getting to where we got to in the finale for us to get there. And it'd be like, oh, we finally have seen Lord Azriel who we haven't seen at all this season versus the first season we saw him. in. I mean, first of all, he's played by James um, McAvoy. I'm always I don't know why I struggle with his last name, because I want to say Ma- McAvoy or. I don't know what I want to say, but I want to say something different than what I'm saying. Anyway, um, we in the first season, like we saw him in the first couple episodes, and then we saw him again in the finale. Whereas in this season, we didn't see him at all until the last like two minutes of the season finale where we finally see him. So I'm assuming because now we're finally at the war or close to the war. We're essentially going to see the war in season three, which FYI, this has been renewed. So I can say we will see in season three, then um, I'm assuming like he's going to have a bigger part to play in this, which is again why I say, I felt like the second season was more so just building out and fleshing out the relationship between um, Will and Lyra to kind of like build that connection to set us up for season three, because we're with them this whole time. We see them in this like mid this this middle earth if you will where they're essentially our middle world if you will where they're essentially not in their in their respective worlds but they're in this middle place that has the um oh my gosh I wrote them down but the oh my gosh the little black black clouds that essentially kill humans I wrote it I thought I wrote it down but apparently I didn't so we have those things that are um ravaging this place, so pretty much only kids live there, And but we do get to see them in this, in that world, we get to see them in Will's world, and that's where um, they meet, or not they, because it's mostly Lyra, which Lyra is still, (laughs) still a a troublesome little girl, and it's hard, because I'm just like... (laughs) It's hard because I love like how independent Lyra is, but I think a lot of the things that Lyra does illuminates even more so that we are dealing with kids in these situations because and kids who don't really know a lot about the world because when Will is like, okay, we're going to go back to my world, but FYI, like people are looking for me and he tells her, sit here, don't go anywhere. And she essentially goes off on her own and then ends up, in that whole um, situation that she finds herself in, as far as like getting a, a letheometer <laughs> taken away um, by Boreal, which was like a whole nother thing. And it's like, girl, if you had just listened, like you would not have found yourself in this situation. But that is where she meets um, Dr. Mary. And even she has a whole story in this. And I was like, <laughs> when you get to the final episode and you kind of see the parallels of where everyone is in their journey um, by the end of the season. And you see, like, Will finally, essentially, everyone has them, had a mission. Lyra's mission is was to help Will get find his father. The witch's mission was to protect Lyra. Scoresby's mission was to protect Lyra. Um, and then essentially Will's mission is to protect Lyra, even though he doesn't really know because he is the knife bearer, but also to get to now at the end, to get to Lord Asriel. Um, This is his next season <laughs> mission to get to Lord Asriel and let him know he has the knife that will be able to help him win. But essentially like everyone had a mission and kind of like to see where they ended up on that mission. So... I guess you could say Lyra helped Will get to his father, even though she fell asleep and then Will walked off. And then she got snatched up by her mom, which that's a whole nother story we're going to get into because (laughs) this is culture. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She is crazy. She's still crazy. She was crazy in season one, but like she's even more so like mommy dearest in this season but anyway so she does essentially help him get to his father and so then he has which that whole thing was sad and I was like oh my gosh once I realized this was, was the finale I was expecting like Roger level because when Roger died in season one I don't know why that that was like oh my gosh this is a sad type of a moment because <laughs> like at that point the only person that Lyra really had was Roger and so when he like dies or to assume he died because fyi there was a post-credit scene (laughs) Like for those who did not stick around there is a post-credit scene in this finale and there is a case to be made that roger may not actually necessarily be dead but he's actually still alive and i have questions i have lots of questions about that but (laughs) so that was a whole sad moment but then to see will who's like his home situation, everything his mom has went through, everything, his whole journey through season one and then getting into season two and being like, I need to find my father and like been on this mission and like super zoomed in focus on finding his father. And then he finds his father and um, has that like conversation where it's like, what the fuck dad, where have you been? <laughs> You <laughs> essentially left us and then his father like I tried to get back to you guys but I couldn't it's like a very sentimental emotional type of a conversation and I just knew I knew his father was gonna die um once they met because they showed the, that he was still being followed by um one of the soldier guys from what is it the authority and so I knew he was gonna die and so <laughs> I was waiting for that moment so then when it actually happens it's just like so sad cause like his mission this whole season has been to find his father. He finds his father, finds out what his father has become, and his father gives him all this heavy information like, You are part of this prophecy, this is your role. You like all these heavy things that, I mean, at the end, ne- like I said, at the end of the day, these are still kids. And so not only are they dealing with like being kids and trying to grow and realize themselves, but they also have these heavy. Like responsibilities being placed in their laps and not really, and they don't really have a lot of, um, they don't really have a lot of adult support in it, um, or a a lot of adult support in it. They don't really have a adult support anyway in like getting to these things. They're kind of getting told these things, but they're not really getting, um, guidance so for his father like tell him all this heavy these heavy things like this is your responsibility like you're the knife bearer this is what you're gonna have to do and then essentially ends up dying it was just like oh my gosh, this is this is a lot <laughs> and then um so like that's the whole story and then to see like him take his father's jacket and like essentially seems to be like okay i'm going to step into the role like this is who i'm going to be and like it ends there so I don't know if he's going to, like, if he goes back to where he left Lyra and the one witch and then be like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, what happened? Where did they go? Because I'm, like, I'm assuming that they're going to reconnect because they're both part of the same prophecy in their own ways. But they also have developed this friendship, which was very cute to watch. You guys know, I, I live for these types of things. So it was fun to, um kind of watch them like build that relationship so I don't know I don't know if he's gonna go look for her and then go to Azriel or like go to Azriel and then they their paths cross and then how would he he has the knife so he can like jump wherever he wants to but then how would that work if he doesn't really know where she is so I don't know those are questions for season three then we have Lyra which kind of find out her property as part of the prophecy, she's Eve, so I don't... Like, Eve has, like, all... If you look at the Bible, like, Eve is life-giving, birthing, like, all that stuff. So there are some, like, parallels to that as far as um, what the one witch... I don't know all these witches' names, but what the one witch told um, Mrs. Coulter uh, or Marissa. Because I'm, I'm like, why why do I keep calling her Mrs. Coulter? It's, it's just... I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, and so... Uh, her mom was like, not my child. I need to protect her because essentially she's like, um, Eve essentially falls. And she's like, Lyra is not falling. And she's been crazy anyway. And it's been hard to, and I, this was part of the struggle that I had, I think, with season one. was because it was hard to tell who truly of her parents had Lyra's best interest at heart. And by the end of season one, it just felt like neither one of them genuinely cared about or loved her like yeah they love her in the sense of like that's their child but like it didn't seem like either one of them cared enough or loved her enough to like truly care about her feelings in a way if you will so that was just kind of like one of the things that I took away from season one so going to season two and like seeing um Mrs. Coulter's like drive and she's like I'm gonna find my daughter and like going through all these things and then like her um double crossing boreal and being like and killing him essentially after he helped her get to where she is and she has a she has other struggles in, in and of itself because she struggles with like yeah she's a woman but she's this powerful woman but she's living in a world where like women don't really have anything if you will and they can't really be much of anything or be their own person so then when she meets dr mary and she like sees how women are in that world which i'm assuming is like the world that we as the viewers live in (laughs) i don't know i'm just making this up but she sees like how free women can be which i mean how free are we really but that's a whole nother conversation but she sees how free women can be um in that world and then she compares it to her life like you can see that that's something that she struggles with and so then to have that whole conversation that she has with Boreal at the table where he's like he essentially was like not on this whole partner thing and then he kept all this information about her daughter away from her and then once he saw her control the um I'm so mad I cannot remember what these things are called the black clouds (laughs) um scepters that's what they call it. they're called scepters I was like it's gonna come to me eventually um when he see would see when he saw how she could control the scepters then he was like okay because he was scared to come back to this like midworld and um he saw that and he's like okay we can be partners and she's like skirt what no no and so then that's when um we Find out that she had actually poisoned his drink and she kills him. And it's so sad when they die, like the ones who have a demon attached to them, because like the demon just disappears into dust. And it's so, it's so sad, especially. I'm going to jump a little bit, but especially when you get to the Scoresby, which I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want Scoresby to die because Scoresby played by um, Lynn Manuel. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want him to. Pass away or die because like he's been an interesting character. I mean, I feel like in the first season, yeah, he was there, but it wasn't really a lot. And we kind of got to watch him go on his own little adventure, if you will. And so, or not his own little adventure, but like we got to see more of him because we got to follow him along as he has been looking for Lyra and... Um, trying to make sure that she gets the protection that she needs. So everything he has been doing has been for her. And even that whole conversation between him and, um, Ms. Coulter, where he was talking about, um, where he was talking, where he was locked up and she meets him and she's trying to get information out of him. And you kind of get, we kind of get a little bit more into their backstories a little bit. It's like a little bit of a peak, but apparently it seems like their upbringings were that ideal. And it seems like they kind of connect on not only that front, but also on the front that um, they both like have extreme genuine love for um, Lyra, which makes Mrs. Coulter's character that much more difficult of a character to like relate to and care about and want to root for it because I think this season definitely show more that she does really love Lyra because you see a lot of that in some of those moments that she's has with herself and with her demon the monkey which I'm I don't know why like that monkey sometimes looks like <laughs> Uh, murder monkey but then other times it just looks so sad and like oh my gosh poor monkey even like the finale when she like had the scepter on him and oh my gosh and the eyes was like (laughs) save the monkey (laughs) but but then it so really quickly turns it around it just looks like a murder monkey and I'm like oh my gosh anyway but um you stand some of her moments so like you know she has deep love for her but I just don't think that she knows how to portray that in a way that's not destructive to Lyra or negates Lyra's feelings because it's more so of a I'm your mother I'm going to tell you what you need to do I know what's best for you I don't care what you have to say type of a um, situation and I still I mean I don't really know but I'm based on season one it seems like Lyra didn't really grow up in the care of either of her parents so that even more so or more so she grew up around Asriel but like uh, with understanding that he was like an uncle or something wasn't really her father. Cause then we, she finds out in season one that he's actually her father. So she doesn't really have that parental connection to either one of them. And her mom essentially tried to kill her best friend, snatched her up in season one. And then in season two, like it seems like she was going to murder her. <laughs> Cause you had that whole confrontation when they're in Boreal's basement. And even though Lyra was the one who was essentially like at that point, I would think that Lyra would realize like her mom doesn't want to. I mean, if her mom wanted to kill her, she would have killed her right now when she was like collecting all those kids in season one. But um, I think at that point, she should have realized that her mom like genuinely did not want to at least kill her. She would hurt her, but she didn't want to kill her um, when Lyra and her demon were like fighting up on her mom and her demon. So, I mean, I feel like that was the case. But then her mom is just like batshit crazy because then when we get to the finale and Lyra is asleep she sends the scepter to kill the other the sleeping witch and then she um like stares at Lyra and she's like pretty much like if you're not tells her demon before they even get there she's like if you're not if your goal is not to save Lyra, then like essentially she was going to kill him, which I was like, how does that work? Because we know she can leave her demon, but like, could she r- kill her demon without killing herself? Is that even possible? I don't know. I feel like she's come up with ways to figure out everything, but anyway. And so then we like see Lyra wake up and then at the end we see Miss Coulter on a boat and she has a trunk and I'm like, oh my gosh. I know she did not put that girl in that box. (laughs) Like I am claustrophobic. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I would be freaking out. And then she opens the trunk and we see Lyra's in there. And I'm just like, she is fucking crazy. (laughs) She is so crazy. So I literally cannot. So, um, we have, that's kind of how we ended. Then we have Dr. Mary traipsing around in this mid world. Like, (laughs) of course she's covered by angels, which is why she hasn't been attacked by any of the scepters. But it's also kind of like, it seems like she is also included in this prophecy in some way because she was sent there by the dust to find Lyra. But it just seems like she's so lost in wonderment that I'm just like, by the time she catches up, everything's going to be over. <laughs> so <laughs> she's just off in her own world. And then, of course, um, we saw Scoresby. He died. Um, He got shot. And we saw his demon, the rabbit, fade away into dust which was so sad but also I was in watching that scene I was trying not to laugh but it's so hard (laughs) and I don't know if I come off as like an asshole or whatever but it was like yes super emotional and it was sad that he was dying but also it was like so much dialogue happening in that dying moment between him and the rabbit that was just hard to take it seriously because like this is conversations going on with a rabbit (laughs) or a hair or whatever they're called like whatever the big rabbits are called and so I was just like (laughs) I don't know I caught myself like laughing for a a short second (laughs) and also I thought he was going to be like saved by the witch because he did call on her to um come help him but she got there too late and then she said something over him and I thought she was going to bring him back but then they never really showed it so I was like is Gorsby really dead is he going to come back I don't know but That's kind of where we left off with everyone um, as far as going into a season three. Um, Yeah, it just looks like we're gearing up for war. We know the... Are they called the Authority? Or do they have another... I feel like they have another name too. But we know like their main mission is to kill the girl. Because they've seen into... Everyone has now seen into the prophecy. And they're just like... Everyone has their own agendas. And so it's big setup. Let's talk about season three a little bit. Um, oh, wait, before we talk about season three, we got to talk about the, the post credit scene, which was so weird because usually also I forgot that this was the finale. So usually because I do watch it on HBO Max, I'll just let the um, credits play because after the credits, then you'll get the preview for the next episode. But. As soon as I heard some heard the voice, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's the finale!" <laughs> and it was Roger, and he was like, "Where am I?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, so is Roger not dead? Because we know that in season one, Lord Asriel or Asriel, because I'm like I can't keep saying Lord Asriel, Asriel, um, essentially killed him because he severed him from his demon, and we saw him die and his demon disappears It's a very emotional, um seen in the I believe that was a finale in the finale episode of that season between um a dead Roger and Lyra I think that was probably like one of the more the more the if I was to rate I think that was the most emotional of any of the scenes that I've seen in the show as far as like between two characters and um so we see him, and it's like, where is he? We don't know. Is did he essentially because his body was still there? It wasn't like his body disappeared after he was severed. So this his, like, and we know his, um, demon dissolves, dissolved into dust, but we know, like, dust is this thing, which is kind of like they were trying to explain it like dark matter, essentially. It's like dark matter. We know that the demon is attached to, um, no, the demon is attached to like the person and is essentially like an extension of them. So is it the demon, demon side of, which I hate saying, saying demon, but it's like, whatever, this is the demon side of him that is stuck in this world or is it like the soul part of him that's stuck in the world or like, is it just the both sides are they came together into one and then it's that that's stuck in this world? Is there a way for them to come back? Is this like an afterlife type of a thing? So many questions to ask around where Roger is and what this essentially means for everyone else that we've seen die this season because then that means there is potential for, possibly a Scoresby or Boreal to return. But then also there's another question because we know that essentially, and I could be explaining this wrong, but if I remember correctly from season one, when they explained it, that like when you're a kid and you have your demon, your demon can transform into all these different things. And then once you become an adult, then your demon realizes his true self and can no longer like ship-shaped into other forms so then would that be like a distinction in to this afterlife is it that we would only see or I'm saying afterlife but I don't know what it is <laughs> Is it that we would only see kids there or is there potential for anyone to be there so there are a lot of questions around that um we already know season three is going to be around the war how long it takes before we see the actual war is something of a question that we just won't have an answer to until we get there it's Going to be eight seasons or eight seasons. Oh my gosh, heck no! It's going to be eight episodes, so it's going to be another eight episode season. And um, this is going to be the final season, which makes sense. I went into the show believing that we were going to get three seasons and no more than three seasons, just based on kind of what I gathered from how the books worked. So I am glad, I'm happy, and I am enthusiastic that the third season will be the final season and that they're not going to try to drag this on because when something works, that's what they tend to like to do. But, um, I'm just, I'm glad personally, you may not feel this way, but I'm glad that, um, season three is going to be it. And we're going to get like, we're going to wrap this whole story up and it kind of works well for then everyone who acts in this, but even more so like the kids, cause they are essentially, they're teenagers in real life, but it works out for them because then they have, Like, they still were working on other projects, but they won't have this, like, his dark materials type of a role hanging over them. And it gives them more of an opportunity to explore other roles and not necessarily be like, have that. You know how some actors, when they do something for so long, like, that is the role that just everyone's like, oh, he's this. So, like, you can kind of say that for Chris Evans, he's Captain America, even though he has done other things while being Captain America. Like the thing that sticks out is Captain America. You can say that about um, what's his name? who played Jon Snow. Like even when I see him in things post Game of Thrones, I'm like, it gives me Jon Snow. So I think the great thing about it being three seasons and also the great thing about it being, yeah, a fantasy based type of a situation, but they their characters still feel like normal kids. Whereas... If they were to do something else, you're not like, oh, that's Will from His Dark Materials or oh, that's Lyra from His Dark Materials. Because like in watching The Secret Garden, which um Amira Wilson is in, I definitely was not thinking about His Dark Materials. And for some reason, it even correlates to me <laughs> that Daphne King was in Logan. So like I think they'll be able to easily separate themselves from it. But also I was like just Googling because that's what I do after I watch something. And was looking at their, um, was looking at their like social media today, and was like, oh my gosh, they're teenagers, but they look so grown outside of <laughs> this show because they look so young on the show. Even though like e- it's usually easier to tell with the boys because they tend to look mature quicker than the girls will. But Amira Wilson still has a really young looking face, and even today looking at at his like social media, I was like, he still looks young, but he's like 16 with a full face of facial hair. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I cannot. and then Daphne on hers is just in like glammed up makeup and dresses. And I was just like, oh my gosh, they're not kids. Like, I mean, I still consider teenagers kids, but they're not like kid kids. They're like gonna be young adults soon. And it's so weird to see them today versus how they're portrayed on TV because they do play your true typical teenage roles like because they are teenagers and then you go look at them in the real world and Daphne kind of reminds me of um what's her name from Stranger Things why I want to say her name is like Bobby (laughs) what is that girl's name Millie Bobby Brown I was like that was gonna that was gonna haunt me because I was like I know I know her name she kind of reminds me of her a little bit when I was like looking through her social media they're kind of giving me like similar type of personalities which they're probably completely different but then also on her social media she had like a photo with her and I was like oh my gosh this like co- totally makes sense but um <laughs> yeah they just look so grown I'm just like yeah they would have to end this after one season I mean I feel like they still look young enough that they can get away with it Um, and just Amir would have to shave because he still looks super young in the face. That's why when I saw the facial hair, I was like, is this real facial hair or is it like some type of editing tool? And then he added facial hair to his face, but no, it's real facial hair. So yes, season three will be the last season because these kids, oh my gosh, I cannot, but yeah. So I think there are a lot of questions um, to be had. I think this was an overall interesting second season. Again, to me personally, it did feel a little bit of a little bit like it. While it was interesting, it did feel a little longer than it actually was just because we're just doing so much like building versus actually getting to. And we're also this is another season where we're just talking about this war (laughs) that we essentially we essentially haven't gotten to pay off for. So yeah, I'm excited to see um, what happens in season three and how this all concludes. And hopefully we'll get some more. I mean, we have to, because it's the last season. We'll get more (laughs) answers to some of these questions, but I don't know what you guys thought about season two of His Dark Materials. I'm sure I've left out a lot. I tried to make this a succinct one and just do like high level discussion, but and kind of like high level of like the main main um story story characters or character plot lines but let me know what you guys thought about his dark materials and i will talk to you guys in the next one that's the end of the episode thanks for sticking through it to the end be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently on instagram and at current on twitter also hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcast on and i'll talk to you in the next one